Welcome to the Beyond Green 365 podcast. This podcast educates homeowners on how to make healthier choices when updating, remodeling, or building a new home. Step Beyond Green to Healthy supports, advocates, and educates for healthier indoor environments. We make every effort to offer healthier options and learning opportunities. However, our assistance is not specific medical advice for any one person and or medical condition. For specific medical advice, please contact your physician. The content provided by Step Beyond Green to Healthy is for your information only. Any application of this information is your responsibility entirely. Here is your host, Jonathan Sinovic. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jonathan Sinovic, your host of Beyond 365 podcast. We talk everything healthy within the regards to our indoor environment, our homes and spaces we work in. Our guest today is Mike Wass of the Wisconsin Firefighters Charitable Foundation. Mike is a, just a fantastic individual. He actually is a father of three beautiful kids and is married. He has been a firefighter, an active firefighter, for 22 years. He's actually lived his entire life in Wisconsin, and over that 22-year period, he started when he was 17 years old. They had a program back then where you're, you could finish high school early and go right into being a fire, learning to be a firefighter and an EMT. They had a program, and he actually got to go to actual fires at 17. He couldn't get certified to be a firefighter till 18 for the licensing code, but at 17 years old, he entered the force then. Oh, my gosh. He loves woodworking. And he actually believes that working is not about work. He believes it's a lifestyle, and he loves being a firefighter. He loves being part of the foundation, which we'll learn all about today. Uh, the first episode here we're going to be talking about is firefighters and cancer. Folks, I want you to think about this. Firefighters put themselves in dangers every day, and we think of them as just kind of just doing their job. But the chemicals that are off-gassing from our homes are toxic. You'll hear them talk about toxic soup and what they've learned about firefighters and their exposure to these chemicals as they're going into homes that are on fire um, or, you know, at least in, you know, it's not an inhaling, it's coming through their skin. So we're going to learn all about firefighters and cancel in this episode. Let's talk with Mike. This is a, a pretty amazing topic, um, and I can't I can't wait to dive in, in into it, Mike. Uh, after obviously everybody's heard your intro, so I'm just I'm sure everyone's floored and excited to hear from you today. Um, but before we get into the topic today with firefighters and cancer and the and what's been done, what the research has been going on, and how you guys have changed, uh, kind of stuff that you do and what the public can do. Let's talk a little bit about the foundation. Why, why don't you give the audience just kind of a, a brief uh, background of the foundation and then what you do for it. Sure. Uh, the Professional Firefighters of Wisconsin Charitable Foundation is a public charity that serves as a champion for burn survivors, firefighters, and safe communities all across our state. Uh, I like to think in one way or another that everyone in Wisconsin is touched by the work we do. Uh, whether our, through our fire safety and prevention initiatives uh, or through the work we do to support firefighters and their families during times of need. Um, obviously, uh, our mission is to prevent fires and burns from happening at all, uh, but when a burn injury does occur, we're there to provide meaningful support to burn survivors of all ages and all stages of recovery. Uh, we do that you know, through our, our summer camp for burn-injured youth and, and other burn survivor support uh, initiatives, um, as well as you know our... our ever-growing firefighter support uh, programming, providing immediate disaster assistance to firefighters and their families, uh, to um, our 
health, safety, and wellness programming, where we support the, both the physical and, and more and more mental uh, health of firefighters, uh, and really now all public safety entities, uh, and some of the work we're doing there through research and, and some initiatives based on the, the needs we identified through those research. Um, and the risk mitigation things we do, um, the safety and prevention things. Uh, everything from providing smoke alarms to fire departments to install in the uh, homes of at-risk populations throughout the state. Uh, something like 30,000 smoke alarms have been distributed uh, hmm. with the help of you know, maybe 350 fire departments now. Um, just started another phase of that. Um, fire sprinkler advocacy, where, where we met. Um, and our fire safety newspapers and education program, you know, the state's largest you know, publication on, on fire safety that's inserted into uh, 25 of the state's largest newspapers on uh, the Sunday to kick off fire prevention week in October. Uh, and we distribute to around 2,200 uh, fire department schools and community organizations to um, utilize in the classroom or you know, provide fire prevention to everybody. Now, I want you to I want to recap that. So basically, you deal with prevention. You deal with the aftermath of what happens if you do get burned. It's, you know, if you're a victim of, of a burn. And then also, also taking care of the firefighters themselves, both physically and, and, and mentally. That is that's quite a task. Um, I urge anybody listening right now, I mean, please check out the website. Um, please don't donate. There's, there's a, a place that are donate. But more importantly, um, I, I don't think we, people realize everything that you guys go through as, as firefighters, right? And I think, I think the foundation is bringing that to life, and that's your kind of a global, global grab. But let's, let's talk um, specifically about firefighting. Um, and is it uh, – What's changed as far as, like, when you – we heard the big word cancer, right? And I think there was a movie that was brought out a couple of years ago that really brought this to the, foref- uh, the, to the front run of everybody's mind of the, what you're wearing and what you're up against and what you're going into. So what's changed over the decades between a fire that maybe you were fighting in the 40s and 50s to a fire that you're fighting currently today? Well, firefighting is always going to be a, a dangerous, you know, labor-intensive profession, which – Time is your single, you know, greatest factor. Uh, fires today are, are faster, hotter, more toxic, and deadlier than ever. Uh, let's say 30, 40 years ago, you know, legacy furniture, legacy construction, uh, flashover uh, would occur. Uh, flashover is the point at which everything in the room reaches a, the same temperature and ignites in the one big fireball. Nobody can survive a flashover. That maybe took 20 minutes to, to a half hour to occur. Uh, when we do these side-by-side fire sprinkler demonstrations now we're, where we're comparing a sprinklered room versus an unsprinklered room using modern furnishings and things we'd pick up at Walmart or you know, any you know, furniture store, we're seeing flashover and usually about 3 minutes and 30 seconds to, to about 5 minutes. Um, you know, smoke alarms will activate and little as 10 seconds but we've had to melt off the ceiling as little as 45 wow um, yeah the, the the amount of fuel load you know in, in our homes today is really really eye-opening and the problem is people don't think fires are going to happen to them so when you don't think something's going to happen you don't prepare and really preparation makes all the difference yeah so so think about that if if think of your grandparents house and I, every time I've heard Mike kind of talk about this subject, I always think of my grandparents' house, and I think of their living room, and I think of the 
the the record player that was in the the solid solid wood cabinet with just the two speakers on it, and they had the couch and the chair and and a, and a couple and a couple pieces, right? But if you look around that room as as a kid, I used to think, how could they live with the minimalist pieces they have, right? It is just a painting on a wall, you know. Maybe it'd be very very. I don't want to say simple. It just they they didn't have the money to buy all the extravagant pieces that we have, and so. Um, and it was all solid material, like you're saying. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't this particle board. It wasn't full. There wasn't plastics everywhere. Um, and now, look around the living room you might be sitting in right now. Like, just glance around that with all the the. We have couches wall to wall. It seems like we filled every square inch of it, and we've got all kinds of you know. We got the bins and the toys and everything else. It just seems everywhere, right? And so when you say, I mean, let's. Just, I mean, dwell on that for just a second. Twenty minutes back then. 20 minutes. I mean, think of how long it would take or how slow you'd have to go from your bedroom out to a door or a window in that case. I guess even if you just say doors, right? You could easily get out of a house in 20 minutes, right? right? I mean, but now you're saying three to five minutes. Before now, flashover. Before less. flashover. So even less when you're just saying is yeah. it, wow. So it, that's crazy. It is. <laughs> you know, people see these side-by-side demonstrations we do or... You know, if you Googled, like, UL, you know, legacy versus modern furniture, you know, the experiments that uh, the UL firefighter research labs are doing, you know, in the last 10 years is amazing. Um, everything from how fast fire is to the difference it, you know, can make by just closing your door when you sleep, you know, with fire spread and smoke spread and everything else is huge. And it really is the difference of life and death a lot of times. And Man. Man, so so specifically, let's talk about the impact it's, it's had on the firefighters themselves. I think that's 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 the key here. That's what today's discussion is. Is, is really there's been a lot more research over the last twenty years, or I mean, maybe yeah, I say twenty years for specifically about the effects of these toxins. Now that the, the, these these homes are burning, uh, all kinds of different things, right? I mean, there's the chemicals are cra- are crazy now. So, um, tell us a little bit about the research that's been done on that. So there's been um, a, a lot of research now in collaboration with all the fire service organizations, whether career fire chiefs, volunteers, uh, and the Firefighter Cancer uh, Support Network has put together you know, a white paper you know, citing all this re- research, whether it's the uh, Scandinavian study or Lamaster study, uh, pretty much universal. We're seeing a 9% increase overall of firefighters, uh, their risk for, for developing cancer, and wow. a 14% increase in the risk for dying of cancer. Um, that's shocking yeah. you know, in itself. <laughs> but when we look at the specific types of cancer, you're actually seeing two times the rate of testicular cancer, for example. Hmm. Two times the rate for uh, mesothelioma skin cancers. Uh, what they're finding is a, a lot of our, you know, our, our skin, obviously, is, is porous. And when you're in your hot, sweaty turnout gear, when you're in these hot environments, you're your skin opens up, and it's, you know, four times more porous, you know, when you're in these environments. Hmm. And all these, you know, the toxic soup, you know, we go to, you know, when, when we go into a fire, it's not the, you know, class A combustibles, you know, wood paper. You know, right. it's the toxic soup of plastics. You know, it's black. It's nasty. You know, that smoke is fuel. Um, you know, that smoke, you know, catches fire and rolls over um, and develops very quickly, it's almost fueled by that that smoke, that incomplete combustion of these things. So it's very dark, it's very nasty, you can't see anything. Those chemicals, that smoke contains over 200 known chemicals, many of them are carcinogens, 
um, many things like some of the flame retardants, the PFOSs, you know, uh, chemically change into carcinogens, you know, when they're burned. Um, and that's all skin absorbable. So the soft tissues, our neck, your throat, your groin, you know, breasts, you know, things like that, um, that's where we're seeing the cancers. Um, so <laughs> that's the correlation there. Um, so, you know, what are we doing about it? You know, there's enough research that, you know, we're kind of beyond, you know, correlation, you know, and causation or, um, you know. Let's, let's, let's hold on just before, before, sure. before you get into what, you know, what, what you guys are doing, I, I, let's, let's let the audience, I mean, think, another one of these, I, I love, I love you guys have always heard me say, think about it. So when I think of a firefighter, everybody thinks of the respirator, mm-hmm. right? You've got the oxygen or the tanks on the back and, and so you don't, what I find fascinating about what you just said is that everything you just talked was not about inhaling any of those. You talked about four, you know, four times more porous the skin becomes when, it, when it's in a hot environment. That's fascinating because, again, I don't think normal people would go, well, yeah, but you've got the, you've got the protective gear on. Like, that's what it's there for, right? But the truth of it is, is you're not sitting in a giant plastic container either because that, would, that wouldn't be very safe for you either. So describe a little bit about when you say it's porous. So, I mean, obviously the gear, we all seen it. It looks heavy and, and I'm sure it is, but obviously it's it's got leak points or, or I mean, or the actual gear itself had, has to have certain things in it too, I would think, so that it doesn't catch fire, right? Yeah, so our gear, um, well, number one, our gear actually contains PFAS, uh, flame retardant, you know, something we're working on uh, changing, Jeez. you know, overall. <laughs> overall. Uh, so it has that outer, you know, protective you know, skin that's, uh, uh, you know, abrasion resistance. Um, you know, it, it's tough so we can go into these environments. Uh, then it has a, a vapor barrier, you know, that prevents, prevents steam burns, um, prevents you from getting soaked to the core, you know, things really? like that. And then it has, you know, kind of a, a quilted thermal barrier beyond that. Um, hmm. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I had no idea. Huh. Um, so, I mean, it's really no different than any clothing we we wear. I mean, it loose. It's it's you know, water resistant. You still get wet, and you're well, you're producing a lot of sweat from the inside as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but by me, no means airproof. You know, the smoke right. gets in there. I mean, one of the phenomenons you know we experience that you know you may go to a fire. You know, last night for example, you know you may be in that environment. You know, you may come back. You know, we we changed our, our procedures of how we decon and. You know, you're not walking around like that's a, a suit of honor anymore, you know, with soot on your face or <laughs> sure. anything else. I mean, you know, it's pretty well known that that's a carcinogen. You know, wash it off, take a shower, uh, put new clothes on, clean your gear, you know, that type of thing. Um, but then you'd go home, and then maybe even the day after, you know, go work out, you know, go run on the treadmill, you know, work on the elliptical, and all of a sudden you smell that fire again. It's mm. coming out from your skin. Um, so that's, you know, a phenomenon, Jeez. you know, you've always experienced throughout my career. All right, so so yes, it's not it's so it and you're 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 susceptible to it on the skin level, not as 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 well as inhaling it. I would imagine sure too, but um, but very very interesting. Okay, so those so now we've we've got them in our bodies. Where we're, what you're telling me is that the, the research has been done. We're starting to link to cancer. So what kind of preventative? What's been modified in kind of your 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 now? You talked a little bit about the word decon. Um, I don't know that anybody knows, maybe, but except for you, what decon means, a de- decontamination, maybe? Is that the short version of decon? Yeah, correct. Um, okay. Yeah, sorry for the lingo. <laughs> no, it's great. No, I absolutely love it. This uh, is what this is what people want to hear, so yeah, this is great. So, so, so we do a gross uh, decontamination right on scene. Uh, okay. You know, even our, you know, everything from firehouse design to apparatus design uh, now tries to, 
you know, minimize that exposure and re-exposure to these, you know, known carcinogens. Um, you know, some of the, the studies have been with, like, particularized, um, you know, you have this soot on your gear, it dries out, it aerosolizes, gets an HVAC and spreads everywhere. Hmm. You know, it, it's been amazing how they've studied that. You know, so we want to get all that stuff off our gear. Don't put that gear and uh, dirty things back in the cab, you know, where you're getting exposed and re-exposed every time you go on an EMS call, um, a car accident, go to the grocery store, uh, pick up kids on a, you know, a PR event, you know, in and out of the trucks, having kids crawl on that thing, you know, on the on those seats, you know, all the things we're now aware of. Um, and a lot sure. of times you're keeping that in an exterior cabinet uh, until it's clean, uh, trying to get firefighters a second set of gear, which is kind of the gold standard and really, you know, the, really the, you know, the, the logistics of getting this done. But the focus has been on what is what are the modifiable behaviors we can focus on now? How do we change firefighter behavior and decision-making? Um, so changing that, that stigma, you know, that, that soot, that dirty helmet, that salty gear, you know, with the ash on it, you know, that we call it, um, that's not a badge of honor anymore. You know, that's, that's, you're spreading carcinogens everywhere, you know, you know, and we see it. It's just amazing in, in my, you know, 22 year career, you know, how, how much I, or how many people I've worked with that have passed away from cancer or how many funerals we go to. Um, that are cancer-related. Um, actually, mm-hmm. 75%, now that this has been more recognized as a occupational cancer, mm-hmm. uh, 75% of the names that are added to the Firefighters Memorial every year um, are cancer-related deaths. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, if you look at 9-11, you know, just, you know, the, the 343 that died in the Twin Towers, I, I think they're up to maybe 10 times that um, in occupational-related diseases and respiratory issues and people that have died that have worked at ground zero. Wow. Wow. So when you see the firefighters at the house cleaning things kind of constantly, I mean, again, the, 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 the public's look at it as, oh, they just have nothing else to do, so they're cleaning everything. But the truth of it is, is I would imagine nowadays that's actually even more important because obviously you're saying you're trying to clean before you even get back to the firehouse, but even so, you want to make sure that you're, you got that stuff not only in the best working order when you go out on a call, but also for the protection of yourselves, I would think, right? Yeah. Um, you know, what a lot of the studies, you know, found was that exposure and re-exposure, how those things, you know, dry out and they spread. Hmm. Um, and you're constantly, every time you touch that seat, you're being, you know, re-exposed. Um, so, you know, some of the initial studies, you know, they study the big cities. You know, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, um, you know, Denver, hmm. uh, L.A., San Francisco, and they repeated the studies, you know, in smaller and smaller cities, and they were seeing similar rates. And um, so you attribute that to that exposure and, and re-exposure. Sure. And do you, do you find, again, we're in the city of Milwaukee uh, where, where this podcast is at, so I, I think, again, we're a little bit, I guess we could, we're very lucky in the fact that we have multiple fire departments and, and multiple firefighters. But do you see, so is that easier in larger depart, the departments to control that cleaning and that, that modified behavior? Or is it actually easier in smaller departments out in the skirts? I, I guess, you know, sometimes you hear the smaller departments are less likely to change or they just don't, they don't have the time, you know, or, 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 or the cleaning, you know, or the, the second set of clothing or anything else. Or do you find that's, that the cities, because there's the mass of how many you are, that's actually even harder to get them to modify their behavior? Uh, I'd say bigger and busier is more, more difficult. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you go to a fire at 2 in the morning. You know, now i got to go find a second set of gear, which is very expensive. You know, so most departments don't have a second set of gear. So they're going to maybe one station that they keep all the spare gear at, you know, 
rifle through something, find your size, wash your gear, um, you know, when really you just want to get back to bed uh, and do that. So a second set of gear, you know, is very key. Washing your, your hoods, you know, the hood that protects us from, you know, thermal burns. Um, we have now have hoods that have that vapor barrier built into them, so you're, you're protecting those soft tissues from that smoke and those toxic hmm. things, you know, in, in theory. Um, but bigger departments, they're busier, so it's harder to do that with concurrent calls and everything else. You just can't take yourself out of service and not respond to other calls. Um, and uh, two, uh, infrastructure, older firehouses, things like that. You need a washer and dryer. You know, now this, you know, $500 washer and dryer costs $25,000 because you need, you know, larger drains, electrical, you know, and all the things that support hmm. Yeah, so, so keep that in mind when when they're looking for more money for the fire department. They understand that it's it's, not, it's there's there's things that are, are have come across that you know we, we want to protect our, our our firefighters and and I and and that's you're right. I guess that's what I wanted to get at was I think there's again this intuitiveness to people who think oh, I'm in the city. They're all you know they have all that stuff and. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I was sure that it was going to end up being the fact, just the opposite, right? I mean, and now you're not trying to put that washing machine in one house; you're trying to put it in, you know, twenty right. houses, and so that's a way different uh, ball game. So, the the exposure is a, is a critical thing. You guys are kind of w- working through that, um, but if you weren't exposed to some of that, that would actually be even more ideal than the fact that you've actually figured out that you are exposed to these things and you're starting to to, to, to modify some things. So, if I'm if I'm like a typical homeowner, what would what what be some of the things that I could help you out with should my house accidentally start on fire? Well, prevention is key. Um, you know, so fire safety in the kitchen, fire safety while grilling, just be cognizant of these things. Um, you know, accidents do happen, uh, but you know, a vast majority of the calls we respond to are preventable. Uh, if somebody would have only known or you know, knew the consequences you know, of what they're doing or thought ahead, um, you know, it's everything from, you know, decluttering your home, um, you know, not storing, you know, combustibles in an oven um, or on top of an oven, um, you know, not operating a grill right under the soffit of your home, uh, hmm. you know, these type of type of things. Um, paying attention to cooking, you know, not leaving things unattended. Um, th- those are huge things. Um, other things um, to consider is... Um, Smoke alarms, early detection is key. Um, you know, cur- current building code in new homes requires smoke alarms in every sleeping area of the home, within six feet of every sleeping area, so the hallways and whatnot, and then every floor of your home, including the basement. And, you know, in new homes, those are all interconnected. When one sounds, they all sound. Um, so, so that's huge. Um, many homes, I believe, built before 2000 um, did not require them in every room of the home. Yeah. Or, or not, and, and I think that's that's key because that was something that 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 did change. And I mean, we we say twenty years ago now, but for, we were around in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was you know some sometimes when you think of the adult population that's there now, everyone goes, "Well, I have one in the hallway." And you're like, it, it, "But that's not that's not what the current and and the reason for that is it's very it's very smart, right? So if the door's shut and you know it starts in one of the rooms inside of a room." You want to know it's going on there before you go and open up a door or do something else that's going right. on. So, so if you don't have one, there's one inside of every of any of every sleeping room that you have. I say sleeping because sometimes it's not a bedroom. You know, sometimes people are sleeping in rooms they shouldn't be. So, in that sleeping room, make sure that you have one on the inside of that room, as well as then one in the hall in the hallway, and then one on every every floor. Right. Yeah. So that's so if you don't have it, make sure you do that at a minimum. 
<laughs> yeah, and um, you know, UL again with their their firefighter research and you know, fire prevention experiments that they've been doing. Um, Close before you doze is their big campaign. Sleep with your door shut. It makes a huge difference in smoke spread and you know the time you have to, to get out of a, a home. So that makes you know having a, a smoke alarm in your sleeping area just as important because when the door's shut, it's obviously harder to hear if it's in the hallway or, or whatnot. Uh, that's huge. And then escape planning. Just plan ahead. You know, uh, a bedroom you know should have two ways out. You know, whether a window or a door. If one's blocked, you know you, you can use the other. Um, Talk about fire safety. Doesn't matter if you have kids in the home or not. You know the um, fire deaths in Wisconsin with people over the age of um, 65 are up tremendously over the last 10 years. You know, and we're going to continue to see that. I think with the aging population, so fire safety in elderly populations is huge right now. Um, but you know, with that, um, talk about fire safety. It's huge. Have a safe meeting place outside. You know, we say get out, stay out, and call 911. Don't go back to the house for, for anything. Um, there, there's a number of fire-related deaths when somebody goes back into the house because they weren't sure a pet was out or a child was out or, you know, something like that. And it's, well, it's I mean, three to five minutes. Three to five minutes. I, I mean, I mean, if it's a flashpoint. So, yeah. But I guess my point being is if you made it out in a minute and a half, Right. <laughs> there's a good chance that if you go back in, there's not you're not going to make it out again. I mean, right. that's kind of what you're saying because, I mean, we don't have the time – that we used to have, and even if you did, it wasn't advised to go back in. I'm not saying that, but, I mean, in the end, if you think of how short that three minutes is, that's that's not very long. No, it's not very <laughs> I mean, long, and, and if you think of it, you know, close your bedroom door behind you, try to compartmentalize, you know, the home as you're leaving, mm-hmm. you know, shut the front door, you know. Um, you know Interesting, yeah. In any fire development, that fire is going to reach a point where it consumes all the oxygen, it's going to kind of die down, and then, you know, it's going to look for more air and, and continue to grow. So whether that's an open door or a window, um, you can, can definitely kind of starve off a fire and, and buy some time before firefighters can get in there and put it out. Yeah. I want to just go back briefly here. We're just about out of time, but I, I want to go back briefly, and, and I want to point out that at nowhere during your discussion of fire prevention did you talk about, and, and it's not, I mean, we only have so much time on the, on the podcast to talk about it, but did you start talking about, the electrical side of things, which I think people just assume, well, fire, fires always start with some kind of, of electrical piece. You talked about two, two, two main things which I thought were interesting. Stove, right, and then grills. And, and it just, like, roll off your tongue like that. You say that all the time, stoves and grills, which leads me to believe that they're probably one of the two bigger known things that cause fire, right, because you're working with flame generally. Right. Um, but I, I was thinking as you were saying that, when you, talk, when you say talk to your family about fire prevention, I think because intuitively we don't, we, we, in our minds we go, well, there's not many fires anymore. We don't verbalize how to use the stove correctly, what you put on a stove, what you put in an oven. I think when you're talking about the grill, it reminded me like back in the day, we're say 40s and 50s, it was steel siding. Um, it was, you know, and, and then we went to vinyl and everyone's like, oh, no, I get it. Don't, don't put the grill by the vinyl because it'll melt, right? So then we went through this, okay, yeah, I'll move it away from, from the overhang. Because you don't always look up, right? You just kind of like, well, if it's too hot, it'll melt the vinyl siding. Well, now we've stopped using vinyl siding, right? And now we've gone to a, a cement board, right? So you think, oh, well, now it's not going to light on fire. I'm going to be right next to it. But that's still not going to be the case in every scenario, nor we don't know how tall things are. So when you talk about talking to your family about it, what you're showing them is that it's okay and you even told them why it's okay in a certain situation. So by having that talk, hey, we're going to move the grill out, does it, we were just not sure what's behind it. We're not sure what's above it. We don't know if we're going to open it up, it's going to be a flame over, and I'm going to ignite something right right above it, right? But because 
we st- we stop thinking about these things is, is what we've kind of talked about, right? Right. And, and just be cognizant of fire safety, whether it's, you know, if you have smokers in the house, if you use candles, incense, you know, and more and more charging electronics, you know, uh, battery safety is, is becoming a huge topic for us in the fire service and, mm. you know, how the you know runaway reactions in lithium ion batteries, you know, can occur, how unlisted things that you buy on eBay or, or Amazon, you know, potentially, you know, can overcharge and cause issues and, you know, unplug those things if you're not at home, and you know that makes all the all the world a difference. We're, we're gonna if if you haven't listened to our uh, podcast on fire prevention, it's uh, definitely gonna want to li- listen to that. It's uh, today's all, but really more about the firefighters and, and the cancer. So it's kind of a, a recap, Mike, and then I'll kind of let you fill in anything. Is that fires have changed, right? We're not twenty years ago, thirty years ago. We were we were dealing with solid solid woods. We were dealing with less less plastics. Uh, we probably still had. Um, you call them PFAS? PFAS. PFAS, yeah. So, and I'm still learning that one. I should, in my healthy podcast, have that roll off my tongue. It's still not an easy... I see the three letters, or the four letters, and I still don't know how to say it. PFAS. Uh, we probably had them, but not nearly as in the concentration that we're finding today, or, or at least not knowing that we were dealing with it. But because of uh, the way the fires were, you know, they, they didn't... They, you know, they, we had more... We say more time, but all, but ultimately it was a slower burn reaction... Um, and so we had less chemical off-gassing for our, our, our firefighters to deal with, and so that's changed. And so what, we, what Mike's been talking about is that they, we've learned that now these chemicals get into the firefighters' bodies as they're fighting our, our fires and our, and our homes and our, and our businesses, and it's causing them physical harm. I mean, we're seeing cancerous um, cells everywhere, and, and we're finding that we're linking it directly to um, the, the actual fires that you're actually going at. Again, so what that means is that they're modifying their um, procedures, which sounds good. You know, they're they're they're, they're getting there, um, but it really takes our other the other half of the equation is is the, is the public understanding that you know we need to we need to limit these things being around. Not only will it help with if there is a fire, but it actually helps you in your house if you get rid of all of the stuffed animals that are piled in the corner of, of a room that might be right next to your charging unit of, of something that you're overcharging a bunch of batteries with. I mean, all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure at, the, at, the, at that point. So we just want to make sure that we, we're, we're conscious that our firefighters are doing a fantastic job. Um, Mike's foundation is out, is out there talking and research and helping young kids understand fire prevention and actually helping adults understand fire prevention. I mean, you think if, if you think about it, when's the last time when you were a kid, we were told, Hey, have exactly what Mike just said at the end, have a meeting place, make sure you're talking about it. And then we got old. And then, you know, we, we, we stopped hearing the everyday fires that, that used to happen when we were kids. And I think we, we sometimes are bombarded with all kinds of things during the day. We need to keep in mind that it's still real, a real, a real problem. And, more importantly, it's harming our, our, our firefighters that are trying to help us. Anything else? No, we really, really appreciate it, uh, all this. This is uh, really great, getting the word out there about everything we do. So please check us out and learn more. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Step Beyond Green's mission is to create healthier indoor environments for us to live and work in. This is one of the ways that we do this. Please like, subscribe, or share this, as well as leave a comment below about this topic, or maybe it's a topic you'd like us to discuss in the future. As always, stay healthy. We'll see you next time.